We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, hotties? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I'm Bladen Kirk, joined as always by my two favorite co-hosts of all time in Matthew Spahnauer and Theo Ash. We have a great episode planned for you all today. Very close to the Super Bowl. So, of course, we are going to give our official Super Bowl predictions, that whole conversation, key success, Super Bowl preview episode, basically. And then, of course, you know, we're nearing the NBA trade trade deadline. So we have to talk about that with Kyrie getting moved. What does that mean for Kevin Durant and all the other trades that could be going down? But before we get into that, Matt, Theo. How are you guys doing today? I'm under the weather right now. I'm sick. I feel like I was sick recently, too, so it's really not all that fair, but here we are. Poor Matt. uh, Other than that, I'm a little worried about talking about the NBA trade deadline because certainly nothing that we talk about will be pointless and, and usurped by news by the time this episode comes out, but... Yeah. I was really hoping a bunch more stuff would go down while I was like in class. And then I'd like open up ESPN. It's like, oh my God, uh, so and so. And it's just like a laundry list, but it's basically the same. So, <laughs> yeah, not a ton. Go- I mean, Kyrie thing happened. I can't yeah, be too right. mad. I can't right. be too mad. But yeah. Uh, teams need to start making trades now <laughs> while, while we're recording work. so that. We have stuff to react to live. Theo, how are you doing? I'm having a ball here in Phoenix um, with the Super Bowl. It's it's such a funny atmosphere around here. Um, I could probably do a whole podcast just on Radio Row and, and all the shit that's happened at the press conferences and some of the ridiculous questions that have gotten asked. And um, But it's cool that it's in Phoenix. Um, some Theo lore. I assume most people know this, that I went to college at, at Cronkite which is ASU's journalism school. And that's literally like three blocks away from Radio Row. So there are a bunch of people I know just kind of walking around because Cronkite sent a huge contingency. And um, places like CBS Sports need like runners, for example, to like do errands or like kind of work some technical stuff or, you know, do whatever they need. And so they hired a bunch of people from Cronkite and one is like a good friend of mine. So he's just kind of around Radio Row. Another friend of mine works at the convention center. So he's there just working. Yeah. So when I'm there, like I have some some very good college friends just around me. And at the end of the day, 
we we kind of get off and just kind of share stories on everything we heard. Like uh, cool. Tyler, my friend who who works at the convention center, was overhearing some of the one of the NFL honors like event coordinators, and he was on the phone, and apparently he was talking about like I talked to Victor Cruz's people. They said he will absolutely not sing is like the only tip of, of that conversation <laughs> that he heard. And it's it's just funny to, to be around and um, like I, it's stuff like that happens all the time. Like just um, Rick Spielman, uh, another story that I heard from uh, my friend uh, was like Rick Spielman was on the phone and, and was arguing with an agent about where maybe a, a prospect would go in the draft. Like the agent was like, oh, he's a first round pick lock. And Spielman was like, I don't know. I think he might be more of a second day guy. And we were trying to put you, we couldn't quite hear the name. And we were trying to think of, uh, you know, who we could have been talking about. We figured it may have been Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. And we're, we, but we, that is absolutely um based on some patchwork guesses and context clues. Yeah. So just some stuff like that. It's, it's fun to be around all this, this, those, it doesn't happen all the time, but just some little tidbits that you pick up here and there. And it's nice to talk to some NFL Twitter people that I know online. And yeah, the questions have been ridiculous. <laughs> Going to the press conferences, Andy Reed earlier today said like, I'm, I've been asked 50 times about cheeseburgers guys. <laughs> he's sick of it there's just so many unserious questions and um it's it's just a funny atmosphere i mean people think that it's an extremely hard like thing to get credentialed for like oh my god the super bowl that's the pinnacle but i mean everyone is here people from like all walks are are here and some of them are just <laughs> there's some yeah. there's some unserious dialogue and it's just kind of a, a goofy atmosphere around here that's what i'll say but it's a lot of fun yeah i imagine getting like a hotel is probably crazy expensive though yeah i'm not staying in it my my girlfriend lives in phoenix so i'm staying at at her house basically so i i have been totally self-sufficient which is why i'm was it (laughs) basically (laughs) being local and and no one has to put me in a hotel or fly out or anything like that Fair enough. So wait, if you have friends that are there and like, just like working as like, if someone's doing like tech stuff, are they able to just like, like if they have off time, could they just go and like ask a question to a player? Well, the players are at the team hotels. Like if you see my clips on Twitter where I'm, I'm talking about like I'm talking to Carl Loftus or I'm talking to Devontae Smith, all of that has happened away from radio row. Every single question I've asked a player. Um, there are players walking around just doing radio appearances. Like Christian McCaffrey was there today. I saw Debo Samuel. Um, it was kind of mean, honestly. Uh, <laughs> who else was there? Uh, Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt were there. Garrett Wilson was there yesterday. And I guess if you want it, you could, you could ask them a question. Um, yeah. But, you know, they've kind of all got entourages, so it's a little bit tough to fight through. Joe Montana, he was, he was there. But again, these these guys all have entourages. It's like you know, you guys know when when you know we're walking around at, at the draft or you know, summer league. It's like you can't really talk. Like you could yeah. talk to these guys, but they're they're kind of in their own world. <laughs> My really, Ayuk said on the radio he would take all of his assets in cash and put them on the Chiefs. 
He's mad. Slay was talking about Ayuk and talking about what a bad sport he was being and how the new generation is running their mouth too much. That is that is lame and embarrassing. <laughs> like what? It is. It is. <laughs> I, I I know the Eagles are going to lose. I and it's like, dude, them. I don't know, man. I'm not going to pick the Chiefs to win. I mean, if anything, anything, if anything, it would be better for you, I feel like, if the Chiefs, if, if the Eagles were to win. It's like, well, at least we lost to the Super Bowl champions. Right? It's like, I'm, if we I'm had won sure that. Those guys I, I'm just that saying, I'm, I, hate, I'm thinking, like, man, Eagles. I'm thinking, man, if we win that game, we win the Super Bowl. That'd piss me off. Yeah, but yeah, like. You could say something like, it was 7 7 before. <laughs> You know, at one point before all the injuries started, and that's not even quite true, but you could claim it. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, you it, was zero, like it, was we were, it was zero. It was zero zero. We were tied. Like. It was seven seven before Josh. I, I don't think that was because then there was like a touchdown and then another uh, at the very end of the, the first half or something like that. So that's right. not quite true, but you could be like, at the end of the first half, it was seven seven. Um, and, you know, we would have beat them if uh, we would have gone on to, to beat them if everyone was healthy so i agree they should be rooting for the eagles to say yeah, like, like what? that was the real super bowl man and we we you could you could do uh yeah that, that definitely seems like the way to go if you're trying to keep excuse going. <laughs> right but it is it, i can't talk too bad about iu because he's an arizona state um legend so he's right. <laughs> <laughs> they would have they crushed him. They would have creamed him. Yeah, so true. Bro, bro's pulling a, a Matthew with that. Wrong. His Cincinnati. <laughs> his Cincinnati biases. I don't have nearly the amount of ASU people to hang my hat on as Matt does with his two college football playoff uh, teams, narrative-wise. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's tough. It it's it's awesome, you know. It's awesome. No matter what, Cincinnati wins a Super Bowl in my book. So <laughs> yeah, you got Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey. That's a win-win. But who do you think is actually going to win the Super Bowl, Matt? If we're just going right into that, hey, who do you think is going <laughs> to win? Well, the Eagles. Okay, on to the next thing. But uh, I'd say my number one concern right now. I mean, I, I think the Eagles have the overall better roster. And a lot of people, I think, are still sticking with the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes. And I can't quite blame anybody for that. However, I do think to some extent we've kind of seen this one before. Like we've seen, oh, well, the other team is stacked, but this team has Patrick Mahomes. That has gone poorly before in the Super Bowl. And I I think on top of that, you put a Chiefs team that lost a lot at receiver. And then you, you have, you know, Hardman out. And you have an Eagles team that has two very talented cornerbacks. It's I, I wonder if that's just too big of a mismatch for Patrick Mahomes, you know, alone to overcome. I agree. I think my official prediction, just right off the bat, is I think this is going to be a little bit like that Bucks game. I know that's a little bit harsh, and that was a blowout, but I, I really do think that the Eagles are the superior team on on paper, and I think um, you know, quarterback can get you so far, but they they've. I know a lot of guys are playing. Legere's need is out of concussion protocol. It seems like Juju's playing and, and all that. So it'll it'll definitely not be a hospital Chiefs team. You know, Mahomes is playing, Kelsey's playing. Like it's 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 not nothing. But it it just does feel like this Eagles team is is just the team of destiny, man. And 
it, it's the best team. Like when we look back at this 2021 season, I, I don't think that this is the best iteration of the Chiefs that we've even seen. No. And this is the best, definitely the best iteration of the Eagles that we've seen. And I, I think the best iteration of the Eagles that we've seen is going to win out in this one. Um, what makes the, the Chiefs offense, I think, so tough to stop, though, and it really is unstoppable, is just the the IQ of, of Mahomes and Kelsey. Like, they just, after the snap, you're going to do something, right? You're, you're going to get into some coverage and guys are going to be places and there's a set place that they've got to be based on the call. And Kelsey and Mahomes just both know exactly what that spot is. <laughs> they like, if they feel the reroute happening, they see the open space opening up and it doesn't matter what Kelsey's actual, right. Like he's just going to go to where the hole in the, the defense is. And Mahomes is like, there's never any miscommunication. Like you never see Mahomes like overthrow Kelsey by 20 yards because right. he, Kelsey settles down when Mahomes thought he was going to keep going or something like that. Like it, they're just completely like they see the game in the exact same way. They always agree like yeah. where the best spot to go is. And, without and, the, and they're usually setting. right. And they're so usually it doesn't right. matter what defense you are. They're always going to have that connection because there's just you can't defend everywhere. The closest thing you can do is man up on Kelsey and just follow him around. But the problem is <laughs> he's going to be, he's a great route runner. So it's like, right. you know, that you can't really even do that. I've, so I've seen that play out. The Browns tried to man him up with Denzel Ward and he got cooked. <laughs> but the Eagles and, do have some guys who you may trust to do that. Like TJ Edwards is a, is a good linebacker. He's not the craziest athlete in the world though. He's, I think a little bit better in, in zone than man because he's very cerebral and he, like there are um, plays where maybe it'll be, there's a play that I saw on where they were running mesh the opponent was running mesh and TJ Edwards, like when with mesh, there's two drag routes crossing and that kind of widens people out. And then there's a guy that settles down in between those two drags. And then he's just like wide open because the two drag routes going opposite ways, just like part of the red sea. And like TJ Edwards is really good at like deciphering that. And he'll like run a little bit with the drag, but he'll know what's coming. And then he'll fall off and get back into that kind of like where that guy's settling down behind it and bat it away. Very, very cerebral, very smart. But, you know, is he athletic enough to, to, to hang with Kelsey in man coverage if that's what they choose to do? That'll be a really, a really, really interesting matchup. Um, CJ Gardner Johnson is another guy if you wanted to roll down, which I don't think you would want to do versus Patrick Holmes. If you wanted to roll down, you can maybe put him on Kelsey as well or bracket with both of them. Obviously, you want to get two guys right. on Kelsey if you can. So. Yeah, yeah there's I, always going to be that for the Chiefs, but I just don't know. I think we'll see if that's enough. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I will say, just to at least give some benefit of the doubt to the Chiefs, they're, they're not nearly as banged up as they were in that last Super Bowl. The offensive line was a complete disaster in that case. Right, it's it, definitely not going to be to the same degree. I think that right. when I say Buccaneers versus Chiefs, I kind of mean like, the better roster will, will yeah. win at the end. Um, but I guess you could maybe say that for the 49ers when they had, when the Chiefs beat them and the 49ers had that fantastic defense and the Shanahan. Different, difference game. being is that Jalen Hurts is, is good enough to not sell the game in, in a way that, you know, <laughs> I mean, 
tough comp Garoppolo, Brady, and now Jalen Hurts is the three quarterbacks they've gone up against in the Super Bowl, but I'd say Hurts is more towards the not holding the team back category. However, I think one of the interesting things is that Jalen Hurts coming off a game that was not good. Honestly, coming off like a pretty bad Jalen Hurts performance. I don't know how much stock you put into that considering they were playing a legendarily great defense. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that. Not just the best defense this year. The best, you know, you'll look back on the 2020s and you'll say it's one of the best defenses anybody had put together, yeah. you know, all, all decade. So I, I don't want to give, you know, too much, too much slander to him, but uh, he's going to have to play better than he did against San Francisco, certainly. Absolutely. They absolutely will. And um, yeah, with the Eagles, like I said, they're going to, they're going to line up and they're going to just do their thing. And it's, it's very matchup based. It's, it's really not a mystery what they're going to do. They don't use a lot of like, this is one of the questions I asked was they don't, you know, use a lot of motion. They just kind of line up. They're static. Uh, and like Lane Johnson said, like our guys, well, he paraphrased him, like, you know, we can get the matchups that we want before the snap. And why would we change him? Right. We, we like all of our matchups anywhere. Our right. team is so good. And the other reason is, you know, they want to read the end man on the line of scrimmage in, in the RPO game and they don't want to be having moving around. It makes the reads harder. Uh, so like they will be, but they'll just be lining up and they'll be going and we know what to expect from them. And, um, the, the Chiefs running game, the Bengals kind of got away from running the football in the last game. The Chiefs, uh, the Eagles, I, I just don't think will do that, um, which will be just come, a, there's such a, a difference in, in, the, in, in the, terms the of game flow. Um, the, the, the game won't be. I, I think they can take it out of Hertz's hands a little bit. Like the, the Bengals for, you know, as efficient as their running game is, and it, it really has been efficient. Like they can, they really. I, I don't think they either want to live in this world um, or can live in this world. They would ever take the game out of Burrow's hands if it if it really yeah. well, came down to it. They would. They, it's, they're they were also getting they were getting blown off the ball by Chris Jones as well. That the the Eagles are that's and not going to happen. Burrow. They still went to Burrow, right? And, and you know, but I'm saying like they they can't run they can't run the ball the same way because their offensive line is a good is good. The Eagles are. By far the best offensive line. You talk about, we're going to look back at this 49ers defense as a legendary defense. This Eagles offensive line might be the best I've ever seen. It's like in my lifetime, like it's insane. It's it's very good. It's very good. Dallas, I I may say, is better. But anytime anytime that there's an offensive line that people are like, whoa, they're... That's a really good (laughs) unit. They're a really good unit because no one talks about the second best offensive line like that. There's only <laughs> everyone likes to point the offensive line as a, a reason that the team lost. Like there is, especially if you have a young quarterback. Like oh, no right. one thinks they have a good offensive line, man. It's, it's not the receiver's <laughs> fault. It's not the quarterback's fault. It's it's that damn offensive line, and we need to have better. Like every single fan base in the league thinks yeah. that about their offensive line. Probably o- only a handful of teams actually historic have <laughs> unit, and that's the the Eagles are the only team right. that fit that criteria. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I, I think I think a lot of what the Eagles performance came down to is, is you know, it was tough to run the ball against the 49ers. They have such a good run defense. And we were talking about before the NFC championship game. It's like, OK, you think that you've got the guys and you've got the quarterback to go and beat them deep out on the sideline. And that's where the Eagles could make their money. And the 49ers were kind of prepared for that. 
And when they weren't able to run, there was a lot of times where it's like, okay, all of a sudden we're forcing shots down the sideline, the guys who weren't open. I mean, we talked about this last time. It's like there was only, I think only one of them got complete completed, but really none of them got completed. And the Devontae Smith right. catch wasn't actually a catch. I think Jalen Hurts will, you know, benefit a lot more from Chiefs obviously have some really good defensive linemen as well. Uh, Chris yeah. Jones, you know, without him, I don't think the Chiefs are here right now, but it's probably not to the extent that uh, the, the 49ers front seven is it stopping the run. So if they can get the run game going a little bit more, I think it stops them from forcing up those deep shots that set them behind on downs and then things like that. And yeah. that can help them out. And, and yeah, also think, you look and, at, and they can't, and against the, the, the 49ers, they can't go over the middle of the field, right? They yeah, can't go over the middle of the field because Fred Warner, Fred Warner out there yeah. all year. There's a big black <laughs> hole every single game. There's a big like empty circle in the passing chart over the middle. So, you know, that force, they can win in a lot of different ways, and they've won successfully up the sideline in a couple different games this year. Steelers, when uh, A.J. Brown was pointing to the guys on the ground around him, like he had some huge catches. There was a game where Devontae Smith versus the Commanders was just dunking on everybody down the field. Um, but it's it's not every game. There are plenty of games where Hurts doesn't really compl- – like, I know he's been super accurate down the field for the most part this year. Um but there's been plenty of games where he hasn't taken those shots, and it's just been RPO, like quick, 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 yeah. get the ball out, get the ball out. I think Jacksonville out. You know, was gonna a be game. Screens. There's going to be was like um, RPOs, and and that's not the way they won. Is 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 like those kill shots down the field. So they're capable of doing that. It's just the 49ers are really a team that force you into that. And even versus the 49ers, one thing that I really like that the Eagles do is they're not afraid to go like back to the same thing over and over again. I guess like when Kinlaw was losing. Uh, the, the defensive tackle, you know, they're, they're not afraid. Like once they identify that weakness, it's just pounded over and over and over and over yeah. again. They're not trying to be too cute and, you know, dial up something like to get this real diversity. If you are bad at something like, Oh, is <laughs> getting moved. We're going to run it at him. Like I just was tweeting out clip after clip after clip on that drive yeah. of the, the defensive tackle next to Armstead, just getting like moved. And, you know, if they hit a deep shot early against the Steelers, like, oh, let's dial up six more of those because we just can. And when we, we'll see, we found your weak link. We're just going to be a jackhammer and, and pound it, like, right. over and over again. And the Chiefs oh. have a lot of rookies in their secondary. So it's like, if they're like, whoa, we might, we, we, we might take advantage of you a little bit. Right. The, 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 <laughs> it's, again, it's just so difficult. There's just so many different things. And, um, you know, they teams almost dare the the like it, your only hope is is Hertz has a bad game. Like if Mahomes is on this team, this team would not lose a game. They wouldn't. Your only only hope of beating him is is you hope that there's some like in the Washington game, like Quez Watkins just drops a they he like dropped a ball that was a fumble after a huge completion, and yeah. there was like a face mask that didn't get called, and it was like they were like reviewing the fumble. And there was like a clear face mask happening and, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't overturn a, a face mask call. So it was like kind of the weird fluky turnovers or you hope Jalen Hurts plays a horrible game and teams are like stacking up the boxes and, you know, playing man coverage and hoping like that baits them into like, well, let's at least have them throw it because there's a chance Hurts just plays bad. Right. And that's, and he hasn't was, played bad all year. And that's why you lost. Right. And the closest, the closest example we have last year. The closest um, example you have is the NFC championship game of like a bad game. It's like, oh, he's played one mediocre game coming off of an injury 
in against the best defense in the NFL, <laughs> like <Right>. in, <laughs> yeah, in 20 it's... games. Like, yeah, I mean, we're, we're to a point now. And, and the only example we have of, oh, maybe the formula to beat this Eagles team is the Washington game where they just like had 65, 70% time of possession. And it's like, well, are the Chiefs a team that's really able to maintain possession like that? I don't think they can. I mean, if Pacheco can can really get established on the ground and they can utilize Creed Humphrey and Tooney to, to run the ball really well. But uh, I, I don't know against this Eagles defense that has been pretty good this year <laughs> you know they're they're all right <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's a, a, a big challenge and i worry about the tackles as well for them holding up against an eagles pass rush that is yeah incredibly incredibly good this year obviously the mvp of this chiefs team is mahomes like it's the yeah. greatest quarterback of all time but Really, I think we can expect, like, from baseline play from him, like, the offense will probably be fine. It, like, Chris Jones is pretty close when it comes to an MVP. Like, when it comes to him, the one flaw I think Hurts has these days, it's, you know, he's running at a high level, he's passing at a high level, he's been super accurate. The one thing that you can point to is, you know, he's, he's maybe bailing the pocket a little bit early. Like, there's a chance maybe if, if Chris Jones... Um, they put him over the Eagles' right guard, whose name is escaping me right now, but it's probably a weak link of the offensive line. If he can get some early pressure and, and Hurts can maybe lose some of that faith in the pocket staying strong, he could make some silly decisions in terms of like bailing too early. I would imagine that these edge rushers aren't even really pitting their ears back and rushing. Um especially whoever's on Lane Johnson, just because you're probably not going to beat Lane. It's like, let's see if what Chris Jones can do on the inside. And we'll see if we can flush Hurts kind of out into our contained players is what I would guess the the plan is. Like, we're, we're really going to be focused on, you know, making the, like trying to push the pocket into him and getting him to flush and we'll have guys playing contained because we really think that we could spook him and get him outside. Like if there's one thing about Hertz, that's a flaw right now is he's a little bit too easily spooked. So out of the pocket. So I, I think that we'll definitely see blitzes right up the gut. I think that yeah. we'll see, you know, Nick Bolton come in. We'll see really gay come in. We'll see Chris Jones lined up over that right guard. Um, you know, trying to, like I said on the broadcast in the Bengals game, the, and this is something that happens not just in that game. It actually happens pretty often, but they widen the the fronts, put a linebacker directly over the center. So the center has to like have eyes on him and that lets him, you know, stay both stay out in coverage and hold the center. And we're going to see that. And we're going to see, again, it's all going to come down like, can Chris Jones save the day? <laughs> yeah. It, like it would be awesome if Carl Loftus and, um, like Frank Clark can beat the the two tackles the Eagles have got, but it's like that's yeah, not it's like my bro, my lot is man, yeah. my lot is like six eight three eighty. I mean, he's Lane Johnson doesn't lose. Ever. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like God, what can be going against up against Nick Bosa? It's it's just a quiet afternoon if you're ever yeah. going against Lane Johnson. The dude is just a machine. He's an animal. So yeah, I I kind of think I kind of think the Eagles might just lean on the run. I kind of it might just be like run, run, read I think option, so I RPO. Think that we're hype this all up as a hurts like right. oh, hurts versus Mahomes, and then hurts. Again. It's, it's like, gonna 
Hertz is going to have like 15, 20 rushing attempts. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I saw the Eagles put up what, like 350 rushing yards on my Packers. <laughs> they are capable of some gaudy numbers. And they definitely yeah. would not be surprised me if their game plan is like, oh, man, I just. Like, it's, it's not even. I don't even know if it would be like a trust. I think it's like, like you said earlier, they're not going to get too cute. There's like, look, like our offensive line is awesome. We're not going to try and be, we're just going to line up zone read. It's like zone read RPO. That's going to be, I think that'll be like 90% of their game plan. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think it's going to be, I think they're going to go to their, um, I think they're going to go to their bread and butter, the stuff that's worked all year. And I think, yeah, I think they're just going to run. I think they're going to run, 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 run. Um, and we'll see, like Mahomes could just pepper Kelsey 15 times. It could work, yeah. But I, he will, it will work. Yeah, he, 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 he he's sure. going to I, I expect a huge Kelsey game. Yeah, if you can bet I'd say the, the only thing is just <laughs> try to keep him shallow as possible, really. You know, if right, he's gonna exactly. settle somewhere, make sure he's settling, you know, for the, tackle, those tackle, four tackle, or five tackle, yard right? games. Like, yeah. You've got to tackle. Um like Slay and, and Bradbury, I have a, a ton of faith that they can get pressure uh, that they can, you know prevent MVS from having the game he had last week against the Bengals, like over a hundred yards as, as an outside receiver. And he was making some fantastic catches. Like he had one of the best catches right. of the year, honestly, that, that like Mahomes was rolling right through it, wind, like kind of wound it back and threw it across the field and Mahomes and MVS made a really nice catch. But like, I, I just don't think those outside receivers, whether that be, you know, whoever it is, MVS, I know he's yeah. been in the doghouse, Juju. I know he lines up in the spot. Um, you know, whatever they choose to throw at him, like it's, it's really going to be, it's, it's really just going to be, <laughs> it's Kelsey, Kelsey, Chris Jones. It's, you have the MVP, you have the defensive player of the year and you have like an offensive player of the year candidate and, and, and it's the big three, man. It's, it's, it's almost like the, the LeBron, the Heatles versus the Spurs is, is another maybe, um, parallel you could draw from past championship games. Yeah, except LeBron wasn't coming off a high ankle sprain. <laughs> it it and I I think that's not going to be a factor. I thought watching the Bengals game, they made a real big deal about it, you know, every time he steps anywhere, we got to go to the foot cam quickly. Let's I see mean, what happens. I mean, but he's he was hobbling out there. He, he was, was hobbling a someone, little someone bit. Someone pointed out like, to me that he was only hobbling after the bad throws. <laughs> yeah i mean and, and oh, my <laughs> i i did not think i mean if that was a week after and he that he looked mostly pretty good and played a pretty good game i think with another two weeks under his belt uh, i'm not that worried about it i think it's gonna end up being kind of a non-factor i guess that's fair We'll see another thing, like if it is close at the end, like last week, Andy Reid um, was like, once again, low on timeouts, getting to the end. Um, Sirianni, I guess maybe I, I haven't totally dove into this and I don't have stats to back this up, but it always seems like the Eagles are on top, like really on top of things when it comes to clock management and, and like decision-making and aggressive decision-making. I just feel like every single week they're really really good at that and the chiefs and like as good as andy reed is 
that's something that is, they've struggled with just a bit. So, yeah, uh, I mean, usually I, I just I, think I, more leans Eagles in this game. And I don't want to say like they have the like the the Eagles have the coaching advantage because they really don't with Reed. But they do, I think, have maybe the they don't quite have the history of, you know, in-game management mistakes. Yeah, I <laughs> maybe mean, usually, that, that Andy Reed has, has made. The, those things like they don't if we if it was a problem, we would know about it. Right. That's, that's kind of, it's like those things are so frequently like Twitter bits. It's like with the chargers, it's like, Oh my God, they, they always put themselves in these terrible late game situations. Uh, people were saying, you know, lots about uh, Zach Taylor and his play calling and how it was too boring. Right, right. Right. It's like the fact that, yeah, I get what you're saying. The fact that I've never seen an Eagles fan complain about it kind of tells you you're, you're probably, you're probably fine. <laughs> But I think I think we're all leaning Eagles here. Yeah. Final I mean, four. I'm, do you have any uh, uh, final, final score, score predictions? predictions? Ooh, <sighs> that's tough. I think the Eagles will. I think the Eagles can get to thirty. I do think they can get to thirty. I might go with like what's like a nice even football score. We'll go like thirty-one. We'll go like thirty-one to twenty. That's exactly what I was. That's the exact number I had. No shot. <laughs> no I, I shot. <laughs> Eagles put up just over 30. <laughs> yeah. End up winning by two scores. <laughs> Not quite the blowout that maybe one of those is a garbage time touchdown where it's seven points, but then the Eagles get one at the very end. And it so looks true. like a little, maybe that'll be my um, cop out. Because <laughs> a 14 point win seems like a lot. But I, I really do think the Eagles are. I, I I I love Mahomes. I love the big three. I really don't want to count them out, and I'm not counting them out. I just I think that the Eagles this this one could be a a big Eagles win. I could be. Yeah. Two Super Bowls in five years. Big for them. Three. Wait. What? The, who are you talking about? The the Eagles. Oh, (laughs) two super, two super, potentially two Super Bowl wins in in the past five years. Yes. Huge. Yes. My bad. I should have. (laughs) Matt, you got a score prediction for us? (laughs) 29-16. Bro, pick the most oblong (laughs) football score. (laughs) Would that be a scoregami? Maybe. I doubt there's been many 29. 20, Hold on. 29 to 60. There's 29. No I don't know, oh, man. No, it's not. 29. The The next score Gami of tw- with 29 being the winning score, uh, the losing team would have 12. Okay, that's my prediction then. 29 to 12. <laughs> Matt's going to predict a score Gami. <laughs> This is not no. good for the Eagles that we've all predicted them to win by multiple scores. No, please, then. please don't make this graphic. We don't need that bad <laughs> omen. Last year, I predicted the Rams to beat the Bengals fifty to zero, <laughs> <laughs> and that was on a graphic. That was on a blue wire graphic. You know what? I'd, I'd like. I'd like to see what people say about the twenty-nine to twelve sitting on the graph. Can, can we? <laughs> Can we make a graphic of me saying Eagles win a hundred to nothing? Double down. Wait, you do twenty nine to twelve. Okay, here will be the graphic. We'll we'll, we'll plot this up. You guys um, are who are listening are 
listening to the creation of a viral tweet here. <laughs> Matt, you say 29 to 12. I will say one, put on the graphic for me, one zero. <laughs> Eagles win. And then Bladen just have a normal score. I think that that's, I think that that's a funny I think Wait, that, that graphic would actually. No, you have to make say, it as normal to, as possible. Make it like twenty-eight fourteen or twenty-eight twenty-one, <laughs> or just like you have the to most make Theo. You have to make yours six to one. It's a one point six safety. To one. <laughs> yeah, they get a one point safety. <laughs> That's a possible score. That's true. It is. is it a possible one, score? It is it a is. possible okay, score. Yeah, a touchdown and a one point one. safety. We'll the Eagles 20, win six to one. To 12. <laughs> and then I'll do then the I'll do the thirty one like twenty. Twenty to seventeen or something. Twenty and to be our graphic. Well, look <laughs> look on Scorigami and see what the most common score is. I think it's probably twenty four seventeen or something. Well, the most common score is 20 to 17, or I could do like 27, 24 if we wanted to do like a higher score total, but whatever. Yes, that'll be, that'll be the graphic. Maybe I'll do, maybe I'll do, maybe I'll do 44 to six, maybe six to one makes it a little bit too. I, I I agree. Too obvious. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll put our heads together. <laughs> we'll, out, we'll, we'll no scheme up that, the craziest. That will not be well received. What no, is no, we're just kidding. real ones? Will know that it's just a big goof. But we are all on the Eagles. Sadly. Yes. I'm trying to think about what the craziest scoregami that hasn't happened yet is. I mean, I you could just go farther and farther into crazy land. And just say more and more points. Right, there's no you, limit on the said, number of scores. You, you can like, say eighty to forty if you want to. I mean, what if you said like seventy-three to one, you could you could put like a total. <laughs> one of the worst score. experiences of my one of the worst experiences of my life was at like the some function, and some kid there was reading off like every scoragami thing possible, and I like couldn't get out of this conversation. <laughs> And he was just like, he's like, this score has only happened once. This score has never happened before. This score has never, and it was, went on for like an hour and I wanted to strangle <laughs> him to death. <laughs> One of his like most insufferable. I don't, I don't think you had to, I don't think you had to say to death. To you know. I think the, the, the death was implied. <laughs> no scoregami is the function it went on for, for this guy. so long. Just like a kid listing like scores that have either happened like a small handful of times or never before, and it went on entirely too long. Well, we won't do that to you. We won't list off every possible scoregami. <laughs> well, we're Unless now one to one. One's never happened. That kid who was in that conversation went off. Went on to get canceled on chief's Twitter for being like racist. Oh. <laughs> and he, he was chief's Twitter probably could figure out who I'm talking about here. Um, he was, I knew him personally at Cronkite and then he got exposed as like asking a 14 year old to twerk and being like racist. He was at Cronkite. Really? <laughs> he went on to, he went on to get canceled. By Twitter. <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna be bad. If he's there. Don't don't send it. To also, sadly, but, the yes. winning team cannot have one point. I fear it is impossible. Unfortunately, it's too okay. bad. Breaks my heart. But yeah, we're all taking the Eagles. We're going to scheme up the gnarliest graphic of all time. So keep an eye out for that. But 
We have to talk about the NBA trade deadline. That's coming up. Apparently, this is this is the biggest rumor with the the Kyrie trade happening, which was huge and kind of a bombshell. No one saw it coming as quickly as it did. Apparently, teams are now blackballing the the Nets so that they can so that they have to like force a KD trade, which is is totally. I don't, I don't know if I, know if buy, I buy that. That sounds so ridiculously insane. Because like, if a team, there are several teams out there who like don't care if KD is moved or not. Like, they're not going to be in on KD. And if they're not in on KD, why would they? Like the level, I can't the level of collusion. Just boycott it to like make sure he goes to Phoenix or Boston. Like, do you think you could get twelve, like eight or twelve teams to collude and just be like, (laughs) they're trading Kevin Durant? Like, it just seems like I'm sure there's some teams who are like, we're not going to help you be competitive now because we want to trade for KD actually. In their own interest, like maybe a Toronto or something. They're like, we're not trading you so-and-so because that I could believe. Because Toronto really probably wants to be able to trade for Kevin Durant. But it's not, you know, you don't have the Hornets over here like, no, we want you guys (laughs) to trade KD because what good would that do them? Right. (laughs) Yeah, it just seems like, it just seems so bizarre. And then apparently KD is discussing his future, or I guess the future of the Nets in general. Well, he better hurry up. Isn't the trade like, deadline? He, this, like, at the time, this everyone will be listening to this. Season. There's just there's just no way that you can make a trade this big at the deadline. I don't think KD would be is one of the. I mean, he's one of the better players ever, and you know he's still playing like it's his prime. He'll be one of the right. better players ever traded. You wait until everybody has more flexibility, and that's why I think a lot of these moves aren't happening. Uh, it's just because it's so much, you know, everybody's in on it when you're trading in the offseason. So if you've got a guy and he's got three years left on his deal, there's no there's no reason to go panic mode now. Yeah, I mean, the the Nets are definitely going to be in a position where it's either we we blow it all up and, and we we sell all of our pieces and we get rid of Kevin Durant or. You're like, well, we can still be decently competitive. Kevin Durant's still one of the best players in the league. We can probably still make the playoffs this year. Why not keep trying to build on what we have and just do it without Kyrie? I think that they are going to trade Kevin Durant, and then they're not going to entirely blow it up. They're the benefits mm. of them blowing it up entirely are pretty, you know, pretty crushed by the fact they don't have their own picks. And in that case, I, I think the idea will be we're going to get KD out of here because we'll probably have to. And then we'll have, a, well, I mean, we'll have a lot of picks still. We'll still be in the green in picks or at least break even, even if they aren't our own, which means they're not as good. And then they'll say we've got a lot of other good role players. We've got a lot of other good guys. You know, we'll be willing to move them, but we're not going to sit here and be like, we must let this guy go. Because ultimately, yeah, being a, a consistently competitive team and, and fixing the culture that does matter to some extent. It does. Right. So, and you also have to assume that when they trade KD, they're not going to get back just picks. They're going to get back a really good player too. And if you put them and you've got Claxton, I guess Cam Thomas now is the greatest player ever. <laughs> yeah, I don't Cam know. Thomas <laughs> is like okay. History was made uh, last night when Cam Thomas uh, became 
the youngest player in a row to score 43 times in a row. The only notable, I think that was the record he set, something yeah. like that. Um, the most notable record to get set last <laughs> night. Very Someone true. else is going after a scoring title. If he if he only scores like thirty thousand more, he was overshadowed by Cam Thomas. I fear <laughs> it's it's too bad for LeBron. Not even not even the big man on his own night. But I um <laughs> I was watching that. By the way, um I was watching that at the Super Bowl media party, which was like on this big farm bar, like open bar, like big acres of land type of thing i don't know it was a straight sounds like a wedding with my friend yeah <laughs> yeah it was it was like it, it very much feels like it felt like kind of a wedding situation Weird. um but you know we were there and uh, a bunch of media was there and like lebron was had 20 at the second quarter and we're like oh he's gonna break it let's uh and then he was like six points away and he checked in and we pulled it up and of course, there were a bunch of old heads there who were like sick. <laughs> they were, we, were, we watched him break that record, and there were two Jordan. Like it was us and like a couple other people, kind of crowded around of uh, the phone, like all young. And then there were two Jordan fans, like just sitting, and they were like, "Well, we watched them both play, and we think Jordan's better, <laughs> so you can't dispute that." And I was like, "Okay." Man. <laughs> I wish I had been there to say something. I, I would have had something for him. Of <laughs> 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 hey, I would have had butted him for that, no doubt. But um, <laughs> me personally, I'm drop kicking him. It's it's so awesome that LeBron has the most points now. That's sweet. I love it. And I now you can say every night, you know, he just set the record again. How does he do it? But. Um, <laughs> They should be a, a tribute video, and they should interview him at halftime every <laughs> after every, every bucket now. when he br- sets it again. I want I want another LeBron <laughs> interview. I didn't like that he cursed <laughs> every single point. He had to stop stop the game. They'd have to bring Kareem out. <laughs> make Kareem and say all LeBron games. For the rest. Kareem, he's he's distancing he's distancing himself. Kareem, what do you think about that? Kareem comes out of retirement. <laughs> but no, I thought the cursing was wrong. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I will be taking my talents to Team MJ after after seeing LeBron. That would have been a funny a bit to do on man. Twitter. Okay, you know, actually, Skip Bayless did exactly that. He's like, "Why would you curse?" So. I can't take I can't take his gag, but I think I don't know. I think give me a couple of weeks and I can look past LeBron's potty mouth and still appreciate the fact that he has the all time scoring record right now. I think the funniest thing about this record is that he said it a long time ago. Like he became the NBA's all time leading scorer like a couple of years ago, if you counted all the playoffs, which honestly is is pretty valid to do like when you score the most points ever like i get that some players didn't play on on playoff teams and that's unfortunate and that doesn't make everything equal but like there was a point where regardless of the contexts lebron did score the most points ever like the playoffs do count as him playing in the nba and he broke that record like kind of a long time ago and as soon as he broke that record he had scored more points in the NBA than anyone else ever. And I honestly thought that probably should have been a bigger deal than 
this one because that's when like it actually he's he's kind of furthered his lead and now it's not only overall but also in the regular season but i feel like that overall one should be like way more important than it is I, i get like i totally get why the regular season one's a little bit more fair to all the players involved but like that, that I think I think the, I think your argument would be like, is there a single of like of the top five scores, right? It's LeBron, Kareem, Carl Malone, Kobe, and MJ. Those are all like perennial playoff performers. Like all like <laughs> so it was like, oh well, we have to include the guys that don't get a shot at the who's who's the one is there like anyone in there in the top ten even? That were like, oh, this guy would have would have done better if he had had more it's shots at the playoffs. Yama on the Hornets in fifteen <laughs> years. Like, who's had the who's had the fewest Stop playoff that. appearances? Never, of all the guys never, in the top never ten. Any playoff success, but um, it's, it's, it's got to be like what Mello or Dirk. Bro, it's got to be Mello. It absolutely right? has to be Carmelo Anthony. Yes, and he's and he's ninth all time in scoring. So it's like. But him being in the playoffs, I, I, he's not gonna challenge LeBron. I think all time in, in in the scoring numbers. I guess I don't know. No, definitely not. The other the other last big trade thing, and it's this probably if anything's going to happen between now and the time this gets uploaded, is the D'Angelo Russell, uh, Westbrook, and then Conley kind of three team trade. I don't have a ton to say about that because I'd like to know the details of are the Lakers just getting D'Angelo Russell and how much are they giving up? But I think ultimately D'Angelo Russell is still a little bit bigger of a name than he is like actually a a positive player. And I, I do think it's an upgrade from Westbrook, but I think if he was a great contributor to a contending team right now, the Timberwolves just wouldn't trying to be trade him, trying to be trading him, you know? Russell gets gets anything anytime he does something good, it doesn't get really reported. Like I feel like he's a little overhated these days, and I guess that might could be the same with Russell Westbrook. But like quietly, D'Angelo Russell has been playing better recently than he was at the the beginning of the season. Um, but like, what does that do for the Lakers? I guess that's my question. Is like, what 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 changes? Does their floor change? Does their ceiling change? Like, I don't. Are they all of a sudden contenders to get out of it? Like, no. I guess it gets Russell Westbrook's contract out of there, but like, like I. It's a pretty lateral move. But if they get if they trade a first and they get some role players from the Jazz, we'll see. But you gotta have to see that. I would like Conley to the Timberwolves, though. I think a a seasoned vet and a and a respected leader like that. Uh, I don't know if anyone on the Timberwolves really fills that role. Obviously, Gobert is a vet, but I just don't know. I don't know about his leadership qualities. I don't know how he is, like, as a vocal, like, number one or a vocal leader. I I, I don't want to, you know, be too negative about him, but it just doesn't seem like that's kind of the role he fills in a locker room. Um, Conley, neither does Ant. And I'm not saying any of these guys are, like, bad people or, like, bad teammates. It's just they're not quite that, that old like wily, like vocal leader vet type, like motivational right. vet type. I, yeah. I, I just don't think any of the, I don't think cat really fills that role. I don't really think Ant fills that role. And I, maybe I'm wrong. Timberwolves fans, like you can say, like, I, I don't understand these guys maybe, but 
I, I, I would like that um, for the for the Timberwolves is uh, getting a guy like um, Conley on that team. I feel like every championship team has, even if Conley's not, you know, the player he used to be, he's pr- still pretty solid. And I, I think he would do a lot from a like a chemistry standpoint. Honestly, I think, I that think the that's Timberwolves fair. could use a guy like that. So I'd be, I would be very down to add him if I was Minnesota. As for the Lakers, like. Like you said, Matt, like they need a, a star if they're going to have any chance. And Kyrie was the move to make, and they just don't have the packages. And that's what happens when you trade away D'Angelo Russell when he's young, and Julius Randle and Brandon Ingram. Like you trade all away all your young ca- talent, and this is what happens: your window closes for a while after you win one. And that's the the situation the Lakers find themselves in. And at this point, I think it's better for them to just accept what happened and you know say thank you, LeBron, and ad and and get into a rebuild here one of these days because i just don't see many answers as we've talked about a million times yeah and and i question how many role players utah has to give up that are both strong defenders and can space the floor floor properly and uh, you know ultimately i think that's what it comes down to for la is that they've been messing around with kind of unserious role players for a long time because they decided in one off season, they were going to get rid of all of their guys. And they just, I I just don't know if there's a way to recover from that. I think you kind of lock yourself out of being a contender when you're like Caruso by KCP by Kuzma by who are all really good role players. I think the Lakers maybe underestimated how important that was at the time. And maybe we all did, but yeah, I'm we'll have to see how that move actually pans out. If it does. Yeah. But I think that pretty much wraps things up. Really exciting stuff coming around with the Super Bowl, NBA trade deadline. Hopefully we get some exciting trades going down, but outside of the Kyrie move, which was exciting. It may look like it may. Things may just kind of settle. But thank you all so much for tuning in. As always, tons and tons of content coming away on all platforms. And from Corn Boy, Bird Boy, and Lemon Boy, we will catch you all on the flippity flop. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com